Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So this past week, I had the pleasure to attend an event put on by Visit Baja California Sur and chat with the tourism partners from that area of Mexico. One of them was the area of Loreto. So later in the podcast, we're going to play that conversation I had with them. We'll also travel to New York City, home to the fabulous One Hotel Brooklyn Bridge. But I want to start the podcast talking about tourism and animal welfare. More specifically, I want to share what the folks from G Adventures are doing. They've developed an animal welfare policy where they're doing their part to create awareness about the abuse of animals in the tourism industry. So to explain it further, we are joined now by Jamie Sweeting. He is the Vice President of Responsible Travel for G Adventures. Hi, Jamie. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm just looking on your website, gadventures.com, about your, uh, I'm not going to, is it really new, your animal welfare policy? I think G Adventures has always been aware of uh, the welfare of animals, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're now uh, heading into our 30th year, and, um, and the company has, has always tried to put uh, uh, both people and, and the welfare of animals uh, first and foremost in, in, in our business. So, um, yeah, certainly nothing uh, particularly new, um, although, uh, you know, we built a, a set of guidelines for the company uh, about five years ago uh, around animal welfare, drawing from the work of at others um, and trying to make it more com- uh, comprehensive. Um, uh, and then uh, in the last uh, sort of 18 months, we've reviewed all of that and revised it, working with a number of leading organizations. And, uh, you know, it's sort of an interesting story. The, the, the real reason why we've revised it again and come out with a, a very uh, clear policy on this stuff is uh, we got some really nice feedback from Jane Goodall. And um, Jane Goodall is is the childhood hero of, uh, of our owner and founder, mm-hmm. Ruth Boone Tip. Um, we're a Canadian company based in, in Toronto. And um, uh, and we thought, well, if, if Jane likes this stuff, then uh, we better go from good to great. And uh, so we reached out to both her organization and, and a few others, such as World Animal Protection and the World Cetacean Alliance, to, to try to take it to be you know, really the leading edge of, of how a travel company can be responsible when it comes to animal welfare. So what do you look for? What types of things uh, that you are, or what is that you are doing that uh, other uh, companies may or may not be doing? Well, I think first and foremost, we try to prioritize that when you get to see animals with G-Adventures, you're getting to see them in the wild, in their natural habitat, uh, and that habitat is is, is being conserved, um, either in an official uh, conservation status, like a national park or a state park, um, or, or unofficially the local community is, do, is doing a good job of, of looking after and stewarding uh, the local environment so that their natural wildlife is, is, is thriving. Um, you know, unfortunately, we've seen a, a huge growth in, uh, in, in sort of, particularly with social media, the idea of you know, people snapping selfies mm. with, uh, with wild animals like uh, tigers and riding elephants and things like this. And the more we looked into those things, the, the more shocking it was of, of the kind of uh, really you know, torture and maltreatment that these, these poor animals go through uh, in order to provide some sort of entertainment for, for travelers. And so we, we've outlawed all of that uh, kind of behavior and and that's something that definitely your listeners would want to look out for and 
so sadly in this area, and I'm guilty of this too, um, we're, we're well-meaning travelers and, and we're trying to do the right thing. Um, uh, but we don't often necessarily think, oh, me doing this action is actually harming uh, a person or harming a, 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 an animal. And, and so often, um, you know, when these animals are in captivity, you really do need to ask the additional questions to go, is this really okay, or, mm-hmm. or, or am I in some way endangering or harming this animal by participating in this activity? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there is a growing awareness about animal welfare, but it's one thing to be aware, and it's another thing to actually do something about it, right? So the more uh, organizations like yourself that are and do have the power to do uh, that type of thing, the better off it is, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, I'll give one example. Uh, you know, I was on a trip uh, with Geoventures a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, it's called the Best of Iceland, and it uh, was a, a circumnavigated the island of Iceland. And you know, Iceland's an extraordinary country. The people are just wonderful. Um, but but you're out in some of these restaurants, and you know, they're serving things like shark and whale and puffin uh, of all things. And I'm like, I couldn't understand that here I am. You know, uh, now living in in America, but uh, you know, born and brought up in the British Isles, I used to go on holidays with my family to go and watch puffins because they're such an extraordinary species. And here they are, as sort of some sort of um, you know, almost gimmick that that tourists are buying, thinking, oh, this is really fun. Let's let's eat something different. Mm. Well, you know, this is this is a species that's under global conservation uh, consideration. So. You know, we just think things like that. It's our job as the tour company to educate our travelers that, you know, yeah, it might sound fun and it might sound exotic, but you really shouldn't be eating this sort of thing. And uh, uh, and and that we won't uh, include any meals in our trips that that do uh, offer those sorts of things. And, 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 you know, there's a role that we have to play to be a responsible operator to, to help educate our travelers and help them do the right thing. Because as you say, um, ultimately, you know, I think it's a very rare traveler that's actually out to harm anybody or harm any wildlife. Mm-hmm. Well, you can find more information about the uh, animal wel- welfare policy on the G Adventures website. We'll put the link up on uh, our website, theinformedtraveler.ca. Uh, gadventures.com is your website, and Jamie Sweeting is the Vice President of Responsible Travel with G Adventures. Uh, appreciate your uh, insight and input, Jamie. Thank you. Fantastic. Thanks for the time, and really appreciate talking with you. Well, there's always so much to see and do in New York City, so I think it's important to find a centrally located place to stay so you're not wasting your valuable time getting to those attractions and events that you want to see. And one place that fits the bill is located right in the heart of NYC, and that's the One Hotel Brooklyn Bridge. So to find out more about it, we're joined now by Hans Shapeman. He is the general manager of the One Hotel Brooklyn Bridge. Hi, Hans. Hi, Randy. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. I'm excited to learn about One Hotel Brooklyn Bridge. I would imagine the the, the, the location, just by the name itself, Brooklyn Bridge, is pretty fabulous. Yeah, we, uh, we're, we're so lucky to be uh, where we are. Um, I venture to say we've got one of the best views in, uh, in New York City, um, right here on the uh, East River. Um, looking out on the Statue of Liberty to our left and then the uh, downtown Manhattan area in front of us and to our right we see the uh, 
not only the Brooklyn Bridge, but also the Manhattan Bridge, uh, and then the Williamsburg Bridge in the distance. So it, it's quite quite a sight. I guess. Uh, many uh, people taking pictures, I would imagine. And uh, you have a, a rooftop uh, lounge and rooftop swimming pool that we'll uh, learn about a little bit more. But give me some background first on One Hotel's group itself and, and the Brooklyn Bridge Hotel. Yeah, absolutely. So we opened our first hotel in South Beach in Miami in March of 2015. And I was lucky enough to be a part of that opening team. Uh, so I've been with the brand for since the beginning, if you will. Um, <clears throat> after we opened that hotel, we opened one hotel, Central Park, which is in Midtown Manhattan. Um, we opened that in August of 2015. And then I was also lucky to be part of, I was there for three years, and then I was lucky to be part of the opening team here at One Hotel Brooklyn Bridge. We opened this hotel in February of 2017. Um, and in the meantime, uh, we also opened One Hotel West Hollywood. So right now we have four operating One Hotels, and we're about to open our first treehouse hotel in London. Uh, we're opening in Cabo, Mexico, Sunnyville, uh, California. We're building a hotel in Nashville. The, the list is growing, mm-hmm. and it will continue to grow. So it's a super exciting time for us. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, tell me a little bit more about the One Hotel Brooklyn Bridge. Now, how many rooms, how big is it? and some of the amenities you offer? So we have quite a large footprint. Um, We have 195 rooms, um, and we have a a lot of event space, uh, including a a massive ballroom, uh, which has a beautiful view over Brooklyn Bridge Park, uh, which is right in front of us. So between the East River and the hotel, we have Brooklyn Bridge Park, which is a a beautiful slice of green um, that uh, sees more than 5 million visitors uh, every year. Uh, particularly during the summertime, of course. Um, we have, as you mentioned, the uh, the pool on the rooftop, which is spectacular. Uh, imagine floating in there and, and looking <laughs> at the uh, the skyline of downtown Manhattan. Uh, we have a, a great bar there as well. And then on the 10th floor, in the wintertime, when it's a little too cold to be outside, we have a, a lounge and bar on the 10th floor as well. We have a, a downstairs in the lobby, we have a cafe that's called uh, Neighbors, where we can pick up a, you know, a nice uh, juice or morning breakfast, grab and go, if you will. Then we have our three-meal restaurant called the Osprey, um, where we serve our farm-to-table uh, food, which is phenomenal, to be honest. Um, you know, one of the uh, hallmarks of uh, One Hotels is to uh, have all of our restaurants um, uh, seek out their, their food from local farms. And believe it or not, there's a lot of farms in, in Brooklyn, um, not, not sure if many people know that, but if Brooklyn were a separate city, it would be the fourth largest city in the United States. So there's a lot of resources here. So we, we stay close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I step out the front doors of the One Hotel Brooklyn Bridge, uh, how far am I away from some of the uh, popular attractions your guests like to enjoy? Well, believe it or not, uh, one of the uh, main attractions is to walk the Brooklyn Bridge. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite, uh, quite the walk. Um, but you know, summer or winter, if if it's dry, it's a, it's a it's a wonderful thing to do. Uh-huh. And really, the, we have a we have a ferry right in front of the hotel. So if you if you hop on the ferry, it literally is a two and a half minute um, boat ride to the financial district. Um, a lot of people don't realize how close by we are to down, downtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, you can take you know the, the subway. But also here, close by on the Brooklyn side, we have. Uh, 
uh, multiple subway options uh, to take you to elsewhere in Brooklyn or also take you to uh, to Manhattan. So it's very easy to uh, to go there. Like I said, it goes back to my whole point of uh, location, location. Uh, I, I guess many of your guests, especially if they're flying in, we don't have to bother about renting a car. I, getting around New York is quite easy, isn't it? It is. Uh, there's also city bags. Uh, so th- there's really lots of, uh, lots of options that uh, are also environmentally friendly, uh, if you will. So cars really are not needed. We have a, uh, a car park right here at the hotel. Um, so a lot of guests do come here. If they come by car, they park their car here and leave their car and, and do their thing. And at the end of their stay, they uh, retrieve the car and, and, uh, and off they go. Mm-hmm. And you have some cool little events that uh, you run with your guests. Uh, tell me more about that. So um, the other day we had a phenomenal tea tasting uh, up in our lobby. Um, we So our director of marketing uh, works with a lot of the, uh, uh, again, it's all local, um, local activations, if you will. Um, we also host zero waste dinners uh, in our restaurant, the Osprey. Um, and a couple of our chefs particularly are, are super hyped about that. Um, you know, and, and it's amazing to watch them do that, uh, do that work because there really is uh, little to nothing left from food. What we tend to do is we, we tend to buy fruit and vegetables that, that look perfect and we use part of it and then we, we throw the rest of it out. And I mean, you know, they, they create amazing pesto from the leaves of carrots, um, etc. So uh, it, it's uh, super informative. And I, I think um, not only our guests are, are sort of inspired by that, but also our team members. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the whole, the whole sustainability approach of, of one of hotels uh, brings a lot of, I mean, it changed my lifestyle. And, and regularly amongst the staff here at the hotel, we talk about, you know, what impact joining this brand has made on how we live our, our daily lives. And uh, I, I certainly uh, have changed some of the things I do in my life uh, to create less waste and, and just to be more smart about, you know, uh, avoiding using plastic bags and, mm-hmm. and, and all of those things that are fairly simple and, and really take just common sense. I'm assuming you're family friendly because, again, I'm looking on your website, uh, onehotels.com, and you have movies uh, that you run, and uh, judging by the list of movies, they're all family friendly. So uh, tell me a little bit more about those. So one of the uh, amazing amenities, other than the, the rooftop, uh, is we have a, a private screening room on the lower level of the hotel. It seats about 50 people. Um, we do have movie premieres there. We have uh, activations there. Uh, there's an uh, organization called Oceanic that we team up with. Uh, every month they show a movie in our movie theater. Uh, but also, you know, like you said, the movies that we play, particularly in wintertime, um, you know, if the weather is particularly bad, sometimes families are not certain uh, what to do. And, you know, even if it's just uh, one family, we would open the movie theater for them and we'll get them some popcorn and, and, and <laughs> some uh, refreshments. And they have their own private movie theater. So uh, oftentimes these kids uh, leave the hotel with incredible memories uh, <laughs> of, of being in a movie theater by themselves. Uh, so that that's great. Uh, and opposite our movie theater, we have a, a, a nine-treatment room spa. Uh, we, we've teamed up with Bamford. Uh, they are based in the UK. Both our South Beach Hotel and the Brooklyn Bridge Hotel have the Bamford uh, Spa 
uh, on site and uh, again that is all based on um, and very very much nature inspired ingredients and and uh, all very very healthy well and you have wine mondays uh, full moon parties every month so there's uh, always something going on it seems <laughs> There is, there is, and I, I think that's super important. Uh, you know, as much as the neighborhood has to offer, sometimes people like to just stay put. And it's fascinating to see how this hotel almost turns into a, a semi-resort, considering it's in the middle of New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, uh, we've experienced that during, during the weekend, especially a lot of New Yorkers actually come here for a staycation. Well, it sounds like a fun place to stay uh, right in the heart of New York City. It's uh, the One Hotel Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, more info on the One Hotels website, onehotels.com. And Hans Shipman is the general manager of the One Hotel Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, appreciate chatting with you, uh, Hans. Thank you. Absolutely. And just one other thing I'd like to mention is, uh, you know, other than all the activations here in the hotel, there's so much to do in New York City. And uh, one of the websites that's a go-to for me is uh, nycgo.com for lots of uh, uh, attractions in not only Brooklyn, but Manhattan uh, and all of New York City. So absolutely recommend that. Perfect. Thanks, Hans. Absolutely. Pleasure, Randy. So this past week, I had the pleasure to attend an event put on by Visit Baja California Sur and chat with the tourism partners from that area of Mexico. One of them was the area of Loreto, and I had the opportunity to learn more about Loreto, chatting with Yvette Granados. She is with Visit Baja California Sur, and here is that conversation for you now. Tell me about uh, Loreto. Loreto is in the middle of the Baja California Sur estate. We are located in the area of the Gulf of California, and that means that we have a beautiful beach, beautiful coastline, and it's amazing. We have a lot of uh, wildlife. The ocean is so diversity there, then really the people enjoy to come back every year to Loreto. If you are running away of the cold, uh, Loreto is perfect for you. <laughs> well, like we all are running away from the cold in the wintertime, right? So tell yeah. me about some of the activities. I mean, there's so much to do there. Uh, let's start with the town itself, Loreto. Uh, we were chatting previously. It's You said you, you can walk 10 minutes anywhere. Yeah, I call it the, well, first my paradise because I'm from Mexico City and I fell in love to Loreto when I I arrived the first time there and I live there and I love it. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, it's a 10 minutes walk town because in 10 minutes you are arriving every place in Loreto. If you want to go to the beach, if you want to go to the supermarket, if you want to go to the museum, the, the mission, really, you have to walk 10 minutes. <laughs> if you are in a car, it's a five, five minutes car, uh, mm. travel. It's, yeah. it's easy. And Loreto is a, a, a small town. We, are, we have around 20,000 people living there, mm-hmm. well, in all the municipality. In town, it's around 8,000 8, 8, 8, people. Mm-hmm. But we have an interesting number of Canadian people living there. We have around 2,000 people wow. living uh, during the winter season. Uh-huh. And I say living because they own houses there. Uh-huh. We have a, develop, a development uh, near to town. Yep. It's 10 kilometers from town. Mm-hmm. And it's full with a lot of houses from Canadians. 
and they enjoy a lot to live there. It's a beautiful development, beautiful houses, and the most, the majority of these houses you can rent it if you want to spend mm. time there, like a week or mm -hmm. month or three months. Yeah. You can rent those houses and enjoy Loreto. Nice. Uh, so now I'm a beach person. So yes. tell me about the beaches, and then we'll get into some of the more activities that uh, Loreto offers. We have a very interesting coastline because the the town is over the the water almost mm -hmm. but behind us we have the la sierra de la giganta it's a mountain change uh, it's a volcanic mountain change that makes the all the landscape in there uh, is dramatic mm -hmm. because you have these colors of red browns oxide uh, yellow and you have the desert there and right now uh, we had some of rain and the the mountains are green but you, we are in a desert but when you arrive in this time of year it's green it's beautiful it's red and well that makes that the the coastline of loreto the beaches are a little bit dark because the volcanic material makes hmm. make it dark but if you want to visit the islands we have five islands in front of loreto mm -hmm. and those islands has marine sediments then we have white sand beaches okay. and it's beautiful because the closer one is 25 minutes from town yeah. and then you want to go and visit other the, the farther island yeah. it's like three hours but it's it's beautiful and it's worth it yeah. to take a boat and go there mm. so now when i'm tired of sitting on the beach and i want to go explore a little bit more uh, what are some of the popular activities that uh, your visitors uh, sign up to do well, uh, the first activity that the people love to do in Loreto is sport fishing. We have a lot of species of, of fish and you can enjoy it, the, the sport fishing during the, the summertime. You can catch some species, but if you like the bigger species, you can go and do a sport fishing during the winter. Mm -hmm. You have like marlins, tuna, yellowtails and a different species from the summer. This is one of the favorite activities. Uh, other, Loreto is very well known in the world of the kayaking. The kayakers love that uh, going to Loreto because uh, with that, those four, uh, five islands, you have the exp uh, if you have experience or not, you can visit the islands and jump in with your kayak in all, in all these islands. And it's a perfect area to, to practice in this, uh, this activity. Uh, there are some companies that can teach you if you didn't know how to paddle in. Mm -hmm. They teach you, they give you courses. If you want to improve your skills on kayak, you can do it there. I there are different uh, companies for yeah. every level. Nice. Uh, other good uh, activities is the diving. Mm -hmm. We have more than 200 sites uh, for going, going, uh, well, going to dive. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have caves, we have walls, we have ships, uh, 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 sinking ships. Yeah, uh, sunken yeah, ships. Sunken yeah, ships. Yeah. Thank you. And you have uh, uh, a lot of places to, to practice mm. the diving. If you like just snorkeling, you can visit these places too. And is uh, it's the same that the winter and, and summer. Mm -hmm. There are different species, different temperatures of the water, but you can enjoy whatever uh -huh. time you decide to go there. Uh, so I take it that the water is probably pretty calm versus uh, on, you know, maybe a three-hour drive over to the yes. Pacific, right? So, so you can do all those activities, right? 
Yes, the water is so calm. Uh, sometimes during the winter we have north, north winds, mm -hmm. but that uh, is winter for two or three days. But that permits you to go and visit the mountains, for example, and doing activities yeah. on the mountains. But the rest of the, the week or the, the month, uh, the ocean is so calm. You can uh, swim, the, the families can go there, the kids can stay on the water. Yeah. You are don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, talk about some of the accommodations. I know you mentioned uh, mm -hmm. if you wanted to, to uh, rent a, a condo or someone else's home, that's fine. But some, talk about some of the hotels and then a unique program you have yes. involving the restaurants in Loreto. Loreto has 37 hotels and that means 1,000, almost 200 rooms. But there are like a 2,000 beds in houses to mm -hmm. rent. Mm -hmm. But uh, this program, uh, Loreto Town, downtown, is full with a lot of, uh, well, boutique hotels, petite hotels, family hotels, small hotels. Mm -hmm. Some of them, they don't have restaurant. And the restaurant association and hotel association create a program. The name is Loreto All-Inclusive or Loreto Meals Inclusive. Uh, that means you can buy uh, per day, per person, a bracelet around 32 33 Canadian dollars and that's giving giving you the opportunity to visit these uh, different restaurants mm -hmm. it's around 20 22 restaurants wow. where you can go and have a breakfast have lunch or have dinner with this price yeah. uh, you can spend your uh, $33 in the three meals yeah, yeah. in different in different places. That means if you are going to be a week on Loreto, you can visit all the restaurants <laughs> and you have the, that uh, idea that you are visiting a big resort. Yeah. In this case, Loreto is the resort. All yeah. town is the resort because you have to go you can go to the restaurants you can go to the museum you can go to the plaza you can go to the malecon or just taking the sun a bad sun in the yeah. the beach of uh, the public beach on the malecon yeah yeah it's amazing well and i imagine the variety of, of restaurants that you would have to yeah. choose from would be amazing right yes we have a lot of restaurant family restaurants very uh, restaurants would have very fine uh, dinners uh, you can go in a different place is and if you want to upgrade your bracelet or upgrade your meal you mm -hmm. can do that mm -hmm. it's easier if you are a family of four people yeah. you can order for different plates and it's like a mini uh, a buffet share. Uh, yeah, you can share yeah exactly and that that is fun that right. is it sounds like a great time. Different. It sounds like a fun place. Uh, Yvette Granados Marinas mm -hmm. is with Visit Baja California. So you're talking about Loreto, Mexico. It sounds like a, a fabulous place. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you too for inviting me to speak with you. And remember, we have the flight from Calgary uh, and mid-November is starting with WestJet. And that makes you uh, the opportunity to leave Loreto for a week or more. Maybe you can go two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.